My name is Bonnie Landry. I'd like to welcome you to my podcast with my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, where we explore the questions about homeschooling and family life and how we can make joy normal. Good afternoon, uh, my lovely listeners. I have a really lovely guest with me today who I've just discovered on Instagram. Welcome, Allison. Hi, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have this conversation. I have pulled a quote from from her off her own website, uh, and I'm going to read that out because I think that will be important. Um, The Lord has called you to a vocation of homemaking. Far from a degrading or lesser vocation, you have found that homemaking is highly dignified and valuable work to be done for the Lord right in your own home. So I think that this is really important. Uh, And what you have said then, you go on to say, is that all tasks you can find to be an act of worship. And this takes training, training the heart, training the mind, training the soul, and yes, even the body to order ourselves in such a way. Uh, and that's the journey that you're on right now. And what a what a wonderful journey to be on. I'm really excited to sort of find out uh, where this goes. So your desire is to intentionally make your home into a daily encounter with Christ, meeting him in the practical, the smelly, the mundane and the ordinary. So Allison runs a website about holy homemaking called Married and a House. And that's also your Instagram handle, Married and a House. And your website is beautiful, by the way. It's one of those websites I find very calming. <laughs> You know, you look at it, you don't feel slammed with information, right? It's really lovely. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, before we get into what you do, I was hoping that I could just get a little bit of information about your family, how old your kids are, um, before we move on to other topics. Yeah, absolutely. So I am married to Mark. We've been married for um, four and a half years, and we have two little girls. So we have Zelly Lou. She's two and a half. And we have Cora, Mary, and she is five months. Yeah, that's my family. Beautiful. What I was sort of primarily wondering is, first of all, what do you do? What is it? What is your ministry all about? So that my listeners can, I'm getting a pretty good handle on it because I've been through quite a bit of your stuff. But uh, what is it you do? What's your main goal in terms of, um, it's an apostolate really, right? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. totally. For me, where it's funny because... It's just morphed into this thing. Um, I mean, I've discerned it on along the way of, you know, what is what is it that the Lord's calling me to do, especially in this, you know, this virtual, this online space. Uh, first, I'm a teacher. I am. I, I'm. I would say my two passions in life are teaching and art. Right. Uh, I was a teacher uh, for nine Beautiful. years, and then when I had my 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 little Zelly, I just knew I wanted to stay home. Uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and then I have this little. Uh, right now, it's just this kind of hobby for me that the Instagram and blogging thing, and um, it's a hobby where I feel called to right. share my relationship with the Lord and and what that looks like in the ins and outs of my day as a stay-at-home mom and how I'm trying to grow in my vocation. You know, the Lord calls us all to, this, to a vocation of holiness um, right. in our own individual personalized vocations. And so just knowing what I'm called to as a mom in my home, um, I feel led to share that. Because I love to teach, it's it's a fun space to do that online. And so it's kind of, I, I never thought I'd have a blog. It's just, I started writing and people uh, were responding to it. And so I... Just mm-hmm. kept going with it. And so where I am right now, it's very much this place of, okay, uh, here I have this this 
this ministry that's developed before my eyes. <laughs> and now I'm just always asking the Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Because uh, I want it to be to be very much for his for his glory. Yeah, so I'm just very intentional with with that and mm-hmm. of course being a stay-at-home mom, giving yeah. most of my time to my children and and yeah. And then maybe who knows? Like I, I definitely um I love teaching on this space and when my kids have grown up a little bit, maybe there'll be more things that he calls me to in this in this area. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful, I think even the example alone of like this, that my family comes first, this is what I do. This is the thing that sparks joy, or this is the thing that uh, I feel called to do to, you know, not lose myself in the, in the um, uh, busyness of family life, right? I think it's always important to have something that you're doing, right? And that also is a good example for young moms is that, you know, and for some of us, that's just picking up our instrument and playing our instrument occasionally, you know, or reading, you know, just carving out a few minutes in a day where we can read or, or whatever. But that's good example to say, yeah, we can do things. It has to be well balanced, though, right? You know, we're always yes, seeking absolutely. to... Absolutely. Well, and that's what, like, another thing I always share with on social media is because, like, I think the virtual world can become so dominating in our lives. And so um, that's why I'm I'm not, like, I don't go full steam ahead on on the blog and full steam ahead on the Instagram and everything because I know that's not my... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So, So what I was kind of wondering as I'm looking at all your beautiful you know, your beautiful commentary, your writing is really lovely, but also the pictures of your home and the pictures of even DIY projects and things like that. Everything's very beautiful. What, what brought you to this journey? Were you raised in an environment of a real appreciation of beauty and, uh, or was it something you discovered as you grew up and got older? What, what sort of brought you there? Uh, Thank you. That's a great question. I think I grew up with an appreciation of beauty, I think in in nature in that sense of um it wasn't necessarily in my my home growing up wasn't uh that it wasn't beautiful but i grew into the aesthetic that i love kind of it that i've built in my home but i've had to really i've actually i've really had to do a lot of soul searching to understand right. what true beauty is um because when I came into this place of like, oh, I have this home, you know, that now we're fixing up and we're, you know, mm-hmm. going to make it however we want. You know, you start like looking up pictures on Pinterest or you start whatever, just like trying to, to craft in your mind what you want this to be. I remember just like really just coming to this point of, is this, uh, am I, am I striving after something superficial? Like, um, am I, you know, there's really this, yes. there was this period of questioning of like, well, I don't want it to look, I don't want it to be all about the material things. That's not what it's about, but I do want there to be something in my home that right. is attractive and appealing to, to, to what is good, to, to goodness. And that right. there was a bit of soul searching that had to go on there. I'm pursuing a trend of, yeah. you know, something a magazine tells me is what's beautiful. Really, I really have developed my my taste for what beauty is in my married yes. life and in my home. Um, but I think there was always like little things, like being an artist. There was always little things that uh, we. I learned a lot about what art is and color palettes and elements of design and all of these things and 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 hues and shadows. And I think um, in myself, um, I grew up, you know 
painting and drawing. And I, right. Um, did you study art post-secondary? I did. Yeah, okay, I studied yeah. art. So in college, I studied um, art and theology. Oh, wow. And so those were my two, the two, the two things I studied. It kind of blends to right. where I am now. Okay. Oh, that's lovely. What would you say sort of influenced you more than anything? I mean, obviously art influenced you. That's important. When, like, say even approaching marriage, you obviously had a sensitivity for beauty. So, so what sort of was the impetus that, okay, this house is my space of beauty, right? I think it's, it's that beauty is where I found, you know, that that God has a language Mm -hmm. for each of us. And he's and there's there's a way he speaks, you know, to all of us universally, but there's also individual ways that he's he speaks to all, mm-hmm. to us. And for me, I I just found such a connection with God in the Right. Way. You know, it was like the, the way that he spoke to me and it was the way that I you know, in the most beautiful things of nature or through encountering beauty um, in children mm-hmm. and or in the church. Um it's it's just where I found him. And that's just where I wanted to pursue it more and more. Okay. I was just noting something in my brain that that I remember going through a, a bit of a process early on when I was doing decor, you know, and decorating home and, and, you know, in a sense, why not make it just plain so that it's easy, right? Why put effort into, um, making a space beautiful what you know sort of what was the point of that was it being um superficial was a good word but there's another word rattling around in my brain that I can't access right now but with the with the idea that maybe god would just prefer me live more or aesthetically that's okay you know so i think some people are definitely called to that but i think when we're raising families we do need to expose our children to beauty but i ultimately came to the conclusion that our desire for beauty and our desire even to improve ourselves uh, or improve our station in life is always a desire to God, right? A desire for God that we long for perfect. That is what we're longing for. Now we, as long as we can acknowledge that we're not going to get there and we can't come be success oriented. I want to be the most important Instagrammer on homemaking, you know, or I want to be the, the, have the most followers or whatever, or I want to be the, the best, you know, manager of business that's out there, whatever. As long as we, don't become, we don't put success before God, uh, then, you know, it does, it is, as long as it's well-ordered, it is showing our desire for God and our desire for heaven, right? To yes, to want absolutely. to improve ourselves, to want to improve our home, to want to improve our station in life, all of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, there's this, there's this way to, like, um, being virtuous is the most beautiful of all. And there's just this, this way in which our, yeah, our interior lives um, are reflected on the ex- mm-hmm. in the exterior. That's how the Lord made us, right? We're we're body and soul, and He comes to meet us in both. You know, these the spiritual and the physical. Obviously, um, you know, in this example of, of Christ, and that's also something I, I think uh, with art that attracts me to art is because art is this way of displaying something exterior that uh, an internal mm-hmm. that the artist's thoughts, the artist's beliefs are. And displayed mm-hmm. in art, yeah. Something, something you can't yeah. even really put into words, right? Like music is like that as well. You know that we sometimes beauty goes beyond what we're capable yes. of putting Absolutely. into words. And then our home um, is like, is this? Um, that's where I've really started getting into homemaking. 
the heart of homemaking is just this home is is a reflection of the interior life of the people that live in it. So mm-hmm. it will reflect beauty mm-hmm. um, when our lives are ordered toward, like like you're saying, when our lives are ordered towards um, virtue, towards what is good, it will reflect beauty. And so it won't always. It's it's not a. It shouldn't look the same. Mm-hmm. Our home shouldn't look the same as as someone else's, you know, because mm-hmm. um, we're all so so individual and unique. So that's a great segue because what I wanted to, I really like to start with kind of big questions. And I, what I love to, to discuss is what is homemaking? Let's define that because I, I grew up not having a clue how to make a home, right? And my, you know, my mom loved beautiful things. Uh, but our house was always kind of in chaos, right? And so she would have all these little tiny beautiful things everywhere. Uh, and I think that that was kind of her clinging in a sense to, to beautiful things and really not knowing. My mom got married at 17, so she, she really was clued out about how to keep a home. I don't think she was ever taught how to keep a home. And then, you know, the baby started coming and all of that. And so she was, you know, but but she loved beautiful things and she had many beautiful things in her home and she loved her garden was beautiful and all of that. But in terms of actually keeping house, that was something I had no reference point for. And, you know, then suddenly I have my own home and I, I have to, not only do I want it to look nice, I want it to look comfortable and welcoming and, and beautiful for my family. I don't even know how to clean it properly. So I think it's really important to define homemaking. What is that? Because that term didn't even come into my awareness until I had been married for a few yeah. years. Well, I would just say, I just want to say yeah. that I, I, I heard you say that on another one of your episodes and that resonated with me so deeply because that's really where I found myself too, just a few years ago of like, we, we fixed yeah. up this house and we moved into it and then I didn't know how to live in it. <laughs> like I realized like, I'm, right. I'm, I got to take care of this home. You know, like I, how do I grocery shop? That, that was my yeah. big question of like, how do I keep us fed? <laughs> and, uh, that was very much the journey I went on of figuring out what, what is homemaking. And, um, as I started asking that question, it was this beautiful time where I was also pregnant with my daughter. So to me, I started to, I started to realize it was this moment mm. of my body is a home. You know, my, my body is a home for her and there's, there's no coincidence there that the Lord has mm-hmm. um, instilled in us as, as women, this, uh, this way to care for a home as we also are able to care for life. And so he's instilled certain um, virtues and abilities, I think in, in the heart mm. of women um, in that same, the same like way, there's this parallel where I, as a woman can nurture and nourish my, my, my infant, um, in my womb and then feeding her, you know, um, I also can nurture and nourish my family then, um, by making meals. And there are these, these qualities in which nourishing and nurturing, um, of safety, you know, the way in which the Lord has given women this ability to, to make their, their children feel safe. Um, so then I want my home to, to be a place, a safe haven, and so also knowing that then I am mm-hmm. sort of a gatekeeper for my home of what I allow in and um, developing them, uh, developing right. their minds. And so then education and, you know, I haven't gotten to homeschooling yet, but I'm really 
excited to listen to more of your episodes when I get there because I know there's so much wisdom, <laughs> wisdom in that. But then also like the warmth and comfort, um, that, that piece of, of being a mother and that then my home yeah. can be a place of, of warmth and comfort. Just seeing that kind of reflection and seeing that parallel, um, knowing wow. that the place where we live and grow it's the place where we feel safe, where our needs are met. It's the place where we learn what love is, you know. And for me, just the, it's such a priority that it, it's a place where um, my children meet God, where they where they come to know who He is right. and and what what He means to us and and our lives. And I think that that's um, the home is just this place then where where all these things are nourished and developed. So then we can go out into the world and we can serve and we can be confronted with whatever craziness there is out there. And we can know it's our compass, you know, we can know where to go. And so, so homemaking, it's so much more than these practical things, right? It's like, obviously there's cleaning Mm -hmm. and there's cooking and there's, you know, homeschooling or whatever it is. Laundry. You know, there's all these practical things, but, um, those practical things are the daily ways that we are living out that call to, to nourish life and and to serve mm. God. That's where I've really, I've, I'm learning. I'm so new at this. <laughs> I'm so new at what what is homemaking and what right. is this call that, I, that I'm in. And, and I'm developing the habits. I'm very much in the grind of, of, of these habits, um, developing these habits. And it's, what I'm learning is it's just, it's these these little acts that are easy for us to try and dismiss and say are not important or you know it's mm-hmm. a drudgery it's the drudgery or but whatever when, when yeah you look at yeah. it it's virtue comes from those little yeses those choosing to do those things when we're tired and that's that's where virtue yeah. gets its strength that's where it grows the most and so um, so they right. actually matter right. they matter greatly you know yeah, they do. I, your analogy is just you're you're expressing this incredibly well, especially somebody who's you know early on in this in this journey. You're expressing it really, really well, and your analogy of the womb and the household being uh, parallel existences is really, really beautiful. And I often I often think of like the womb, the baby comes out of the womb, and then they're still for a number of years they stay very close to us at first, like literally on us day in and day out for months and months. And then they want to be on our lap and then they slowly sort of move away from us. Right. And I mean, really the same thing happens with, as your children grow within your home, right. They sort of slowly, they start going over to a friend's house for a couple of hours and they, you know, so there's a very, there's a very vivid analogy there. I really, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I, I kind of want to talk about um, the importance of our homemaking. Like, I think that homemaking has been sidelined, right? The idea of taking good care of home has been sidelined over the years. And I think this has been a lot of years. I think this started really in the 70s, sexual revolution, you know, women working outside the home. How do you possibly, even women who would like to keep a home, you know, how do you 
do that if you're working outside the home full time or even part time. You know, when my daughter was young, my oldest daughter, I worked very part time outside the home for a while and just trying to make ends meet in terms of my the tasks I was trying to accomplish was virtually impossible. Right. So it was hard to, you know, you end up picking up you know, takeout and, and kind of like, oh, to the dishes in the morning. And, you know, that, that sort of, not that we don't, you know, we always do. We always have times when we, when we do that, you know, and that's okay. It's okay to have the freedom to say, you know what, tonight's takeout or, or you know what, tomorrow's just going to be a cleanup day. We had a big party. I just need to rest or whatever. What is it that we can do to, first of all, maybe how did we end up in this place? I don't know. Is that something you've pondered at all? How did we end up sidelining homemaking? I honestly, I don't know. It's something that's, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know where it's come from and, and how we do it. I know there's discomfort in homemaking. Like there's, yeah. there's definitely ways in which for, for, for many women, it might be appealing to, to be out of the home. And that's, um, that's one, that's right. one avenue. And then there's this other side of it of we've just come to a place in society where it's very hard to not work. It's very hard financially on the family yeah. when it came to, yeah. to that decision for, for sure, us. Yeah. I know that, you know, my husband was like, well, I, I'm going to take whatever job I can to make it possible for you to, to stay home. We made that decision very intentionally. I think it's something that mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, I feel so much for, it would be so hard. I don't even know. I can't even fathom or imagine how difficult it must be for some women who would desire to be home and, and can't because I, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's different if you're choosing that, that's different. Right. But if you, if you wouldn't choose it and, and you find yourself here, you know, um, and you need, you know, we need a place to live, right. If, uh, how, how difficult is that to, yeah. I know. And I, I was listening to one of your episodes, you were speaking about, having that community, that, that kind of mm-hmm. village, you know, the, the women to help each other out, you know, with, with the mm-hmm. homemaking tasks and all of that. And I think that, um, y- yeah, you gave advice about, um, you know, having a friend that you can call on to help, you know, watch the kids mm-hmm. while you do some of the tasks in the home and finding creative ways to, to accomplish those tasks. And I think that's really important. I, I mean, just another way in which we've made this harder on ourselves is that, I think our society's become there's there's many ways where it's very isolating. We don't help each other out in that same way. We don't live in close proximity, mm-hmm. and 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 now we're also so everyone's so um, tuned into their devices. Yeah, yeah. We don't don't live in close proximity anymore. A lot of times, too, it right? Just, it builds this this culture of this very like egocentric, individualized, mm-hmm. um, less communal, and I think that that really is affects things. And I think that where probably in the past, there was a lot of help for people too, in the homes, like with mm-hmm. grandma, extended family, mm-hmm. grandfather, whatever, being able to help. Um, that's less and less for people as well. So I don't know. Yeah. I wonder too, if, um, I mean, it has to play into it. it, the idea of sort of a lot of broken families, a lot of broken homes. So the home isn't what it once was, right? It isn't the place of of safety or the place to gather and all of that because because there's brokenness i would assume that that plays into it too 
you know, how can it, how could it not? I mean, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Like my husband even comes from a, a family. He was raised, my husband's French Canadian, was raised in a little French town in Northern Alberta. And in his town, like it was the French area. There was like the, there was the French Catholics and there was the, um, you know, Ukrainian Catholics or whatever, you know, and, but they all lived in the same area. So, you know, and I grew up that way. We weren't, we didn't have a religious community, but definitely we, everyone on the street was in the same socioeconomic, uh, group. It was all young families. It was, it was not like that anymore. And has our, has our home become a, you know, the home itself, not just homemaking, but the home becomes sidelined in a lot of cases, perhaps. So how do we raise it up? How do we make it important again? And I know that that's something that you are aiming to do. And that's a lot of what your apostolate is about, is that how do we raise it up? So first of all, maybe as individuals, we, you know, I'd like to talk about this sort of in a more globally, um, you know, how do we as a culture raise it up? But as individuals, what, what's our part in this? I mean, in that same sense of, you know, back when we were talking, talking about homemaking and talking about you know, the, there's this, the way of growing, growing in virtue and um, making your home this place that you desire to be. It's where this, where, you know, God dwells and where people encounter God. And there's, you know, all this, all this, these are big things to talk about. And it's found in mm-hmm. this like nitty gritty of choosing to wash that dish and choosing to do that when you're tired. It's in the same way that there's, um, that, that it's that it began doing this big global change begins in focusing on, on you in your home, you know, like, how are you mm-hmm. doing it? How are you choosing mm-hmm. to serve God? How are you choosing to love? And we have this amazing gift and opportunity with, um, with social media and these, where, where you can, these avenues virtually where you can get glimpses into that. So that's kind of what, what I've been doing is, is showing people what I'm doing and, and, um, in my home. And I think that that it has a domino effect. I mean, even, you know, I, with specifically mm-hmm. some of the accounts I follow, I feel like there is this uh, resurfacing, this kind of movement of homemaking of, of traditional um, values and um, mm-hmm. that is growing. And in order for it to grow though, it has to first, those mm-hmm. seeds have to be planted in home. Mm-hmm. Right. So we really have to be in our homes um, trying to live that call. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, you know, that it's funny how things kind of relate to each other, but I'm, I have an interview coming up on, on um, nutrition kind of for, for women. Like what is, what is uh premise being that, that we are kind of nutritionally depleted and that really affects our womanhood and our view of, of the woman and who she is. And so the, the episode I'm presently listening to is talking about, you know, the, the roundness and the curves and the fertility of women and the beauty in that, as opposed to, uh, you know, the muscular fit, skinny, you know, kind of, they talk a lot about sort of skinny culture and, and the relationship between as you're talking, you know, when we think about our homes and we think about, kind of the the fertility let's say within the home that this is where we nurture this is where we nourish this is where we take care of ourselves this is where we don't want our homes to be pristine 
right? We want them to be beautiful and comfortable and safe. We want our teenagers to invite their friends back there. We want people to feel welcomed in our home. The same way our bodies need to be nourished enough that we can, we can welcome and nurture and nourish and, and feed virtually off our body, but also feed others, to have the energy to feed others, to create a home. And so the relationship between what you're saying and what this interview that I have coming up are kind of colliding in my brain right now because I'm thinking, wow, you know, like we we have sidelined so many things like the beauty, the beauty of the fertile woman. And what all of that means, a woman that's curvy and, you know, has the energy for her children and, and all of those things, right? There's, there's so much going on there, but in our homes as well, there's a, there's a real, um, relationship between those two things. And I had all these things are sort of colliding in my brain and, and even the work that I do, like in terms of finding joy in family life and, and nurturing the child as in not just punishing them for everything they do, but just, you know, talking to them about nurturing them about, okay, how do you, um, uh, you know, they do something bad. Well, instead of just meeting out a punishment, we nurture them in that, right? We nurture our homes. And, you know, sometimes you're tripping over the toys and sometimes you're tripping over the projects and sometimes, but there will be an end to that. And it will look beautiful. And, you know, we put, we're playing a long game here. We're playing a long game. So with our home, every tiny little corner that you master, you know, not just, not just in terms of, okay, this wall, I want it to be a picture wall and I want it to look beautiful or this corner, I want to have a, an easy chair here, whatever, whatever, um, elements of design you're hoping to accomplish. But also when I feel like I have kind of mastered how to do a cleanup after dinner and really streamline that so I can have more time for my family and really streamline it in the spiritual sense that I can, I can do it and not be cranky about it. And, um, I can do it and feel joyful about it. And, you know, all of, all of these things, I'm sorry, this is sort of an exploding little moment in my brain, but do you see where they're all kind of coming together, each one, but we're tripping over the stuff as we learn mastery and it takes years and years and years. I haven't mastered it. And it's, it's, it's the, the core the core principle that drives all of those things is intentionality it's the intention mm-hmm. of of what we're doing and so yeah. that's that's going to be what drives us whether it's 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 nutrition and it's wellness um it's whether it's what you're putting on that wall i think we move to a place with like decor where it's just like oh i'm supposed to put this you know, colorful thing art on the wall. I, right. I'm going to go pick it out at home goods, just like some random, random thing. Cause there's an empty spot above the couch. <laughs> and, um, but that, that, it, right, it doesn't yeah. speak to us. It doesn't, there's nothing about it. That's that there's no intention, right? There's the, the intention, the reflection of like, and the reflection of you. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Um, this, you yeah. know, <laughs> this reminder of, um, of my faith, of what I believe, um, so that every day when I see it, it, you know, this, it reminds me of, of what I'm doing, of who I'm serving. And, um, so there's intentionality in, in yeah. what you're curating in, in that corner of your home and, and, and how does it serve, you know, what purpose does it serve? And there's intentionality in, mm-hmm. you know, doing the laundry. There's you no, know, there's what, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why am I streamlining it? Why do I want to make it easier on myself? Well, yeah. yeah. So you can spend more time with your and, kids. And, and <laughs> that's something very good too is is to to have routine and to have rest and to have order 
in our lives. All those things um, help us, help us, and then our families at, to thrive. That's and that's the 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 very specific mm-hmm. things I'm doing right mm-hmm. now, as far as like practical putting into my home is is thinking of um, now that my daughter she's two and a half and she's just getting into more creative things and trying to think okay so like what can I what spaces can I make for her so that she can find joy and thrive and what what things can I give her to get into that she would enjoy and um, or even just like okay so looking mm-hmm. in my living room being like I just realized last week I was like my husband has these thing random things floating around. Living room. Let me give him like a basket. So I have like a little, that's my the little dad basket. He can, <laughs> he can put his things in there, you know, like just trying to think of being intentional, um, being intentional in what we're doing. Right. Um, this is, sorry, I'm having this moment too, where things are coming together. And I wanted to share this, that in talking about kind of that, that, that bigger global effect, like how do we, how do we do that? Where do we go? And I think that it's going to come yeah. from raising our children in this way, in, 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 in appreciation for these traditions, for homemaking, mm-hmm. in appreciation for uh, raising them at, to have good habits in, in these ways, um, of what virtue is. And, and that then, and, and maybe that is even then answering your question a little mm-hmm. while back. Maybe that's also where part of the problem where it went, what went wrong, <laughs> um, is that in that fallout of, you know, um, the feminist movement and moving away from, yeah. um, this society that was marked as, you know, chauvinistic or, you know, all of these things and just like get a, do away with, you know, this oppression of women in the home is that then mm-hmm. domino effect generations later, we threw out things were thrown out that shouldn't have been. Right. And that was good. And, and so yeah. in that, I think, I do think, um, today there that is we're the good. A, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Going back yeah. To, in, in many, many ways, there's a lot of people going back and saying, well, wait, 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 there were some good things here, um, that we've lost that we need to, to, to rediscover and bring back in the home. So I guess it's my hope that then, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm to rate, to raise my children in, in this way. Um, to help them understand what homemaking is and to see the beauty and dignity of it to then hopefully nourish in them both a desire for it themselves. Yeah. You know, there used to be, so, I mean, really the, the, um, it's the same answer to the question, okay, what do we do as individuals? What do we do as a culture? It's really the same thing. I, I, I live on Vancouver Island, you know, it was Hippieville over here around here. And so in the like 80s, there was this bumper sticker, but it's a good bumper sticker that says act locally, but think globally, right? So that when, so, so be aware that all your small actions have an impact, right? Now, this was more of a political statement, but, um, but be aware that, you know, you creating uh, beauty out of non-beauty, you know, or you desiring for uh, tenderness out of anger or whatever it is, whatever it is you're trying to create and build up and resurrect in a sense, you are aware that that is going to have a global impact, right? And what I, I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about uh, about social media is that, and I mean, all this, just the internet in general, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff. But when you think about things like this, like what you're doing and many, so many people that I've been able to interview and and get to know in this medium that are 
the opportunity for sort of independence to get the word out. Now, independent musicians, independent artists, independent uh, thinkers, independent, um, you know, moms who, who just have a little extra time to, and a desire to, to do something can have such an unbelievable impact doing what they're doing. Right. And I find that phenomenal that I'm sure you must get this too. Like I get messages every day saying, wow, you've made such a difference in my life. You know, and what a beautiful thing to think. I just think I just getting out there and blah, 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 you know, because I'm <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. something in the blah, 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 grab somebody's attention, you know, and they think, wow, that's a little change I could make or that's a little goal I could work towards. Right. And I think that it's very it's a very, very powerful tool. And what we, I think what makes it powerful is honesty, right? Where, you know, I mean, Instagram, it's all our cleaned up whitewashed lives and all that. But when we speak, when we write about it, if we're being really honest about, you know, I'm making my little baby steps towards holiness. And this is the one of the avenues I'm sharing with you as I do that. <laughs> it's good. It's so good. Yeah. Well, there's, it's, it, there's, a, there's yeah. a real true opportunity for growth. Because I, I remember I was talking to a, a friend of mine's mom, and she was just saying how, you know, when she was growing up, she was like, there, I mean, there weren't all these ways to learn about it. Yeah. She, didn't, she had to ask a few people near her, you know, like, how do I do this thing? Like, how do I, how do I figure out how to do this thing? And, and you just kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Let's figure it out together. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you figured it out. You just kind of ask around. Right? Yeah, we just have it at our, at our fingertips, just yeah. the opportunity yeah. to really. Exactly. So fast because there, there are all these, we have access to all of this. And so. And, and so many wonderful people willing to share their gifts too. Right. And, you know, for me, when my main reason that I started, um, you know, being asked to do workshops and speaking and, you know, and then eventually I started blogging and whatnot. The main reason that I did that was to keep myself on the straight and narrow right? That I want to be really, really clear every day about what my goals are for my family. Sharing that with others was really my constant reminder of what it, what it is I yeah. want, right? And, you know, and that I fail and I get up again, right? So I don't just fail and think, okay, forget it. It's not worth it. You know, I still have days where I feel like that occasionally, you know, like, shoot, this just, no. yeah. <laughs> holiness just isn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and we have moments like that and that's okay. And to know that other people have them too. Oh yeah. I think, I mean, that's, I think very important in, in this realm of filmmaking too is, is, is sharing that it's not perfect, you know, like it's exactly, very much yeah. like growing in virtue is not a neat, perfect thing. It is, it no. is uncomfortable. It's it messy. <laughs> you don't, the whole thing is that you don't want to do this thing. And you exactly you choose to do it and that's how it how it grows um okay. and it's always two steps forward yeah. one step backwards it's just yeah. the way it and, is and you it, know like the, the yeah room, you just you don't have the the tools necessarily like i'm like i want to be you know more ordered i want to be more clean and the truth is is that you know i'm not so how do i do that and so it's like it's not gonna <laughs> be you know it's gonna be a mess <laughs> How do you make the the sort of the mental leap to to not see a particular task as a burden, but to start seeing it as a God given creative task? Like, what's the what's the process for you, or what has helped you move from "oh, I hate this thing" to 
to I can find some joy in this. Yeah. Okay. So there are it kind of going back to what we talked about how how important that physical environment is. Like the Lord works through through these things. For me, it has to be there are really tangible things that help me, and I need the reminders to be. This is what my this is what my home is, right? This is what I've designed my home to be. These really tangible reminders. So, for example, um, doing the dishes at night is an area I need <laughs> to grow in. It's one I, I, I hate waking up to a messy kitchen, but at the end of the day, I am exhausted. I really struggle with it, and so struggle with cleaning the dishes at night. I have a little crucifix hanging on my kitchen window. Um, so it's right there. eye level for me, the times where it is hardest, where I'm most tired, where I don't want to do it. If I can just tune in and look at that cross, um, it gives me strength. It's what he was able to do to sacrifice for us. It, it's just this reminder of this, this call to sacrifice and to dig deeper than yeah. the, the comforts, than wanting to just put my feet up and 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 to know why I'm doing it and who I'm serving. And then I'm serving yeah. Christ in choosing to do that. And so that's like an example. I, I also um, will play music. It's another like physical concrete thing. Right. Um, if I put on like some worship music that tunes me right back in, you know, when I wake up in the morning, especially as a, you know, young mom and, and it's just, Sometimes you don't sleep much the night before. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sometimes, a lot of times. <laughs> and so, um, I but I know that I can serve my children better if I start the day with prayer. I know that if mm-hmm. I will be so much happier and so much more ready to give to them when they wake up, if I wake up before them. So I have right next to my coffee pot because we know I'm going to need that cup of coffee. <laughs> I have my um, my morning prayer <laughs> that I've handwritten. I have it on an index card, and it's right next to my coffee grounds, and my coffee oh. pot. So when I'm making that, I say that morning prayer. No excuses. And so it's again it's just these really <laughs> tangible ways um, that help tune me in, help get my that um, that the reason for why I'm doing what I'm doing. Again, like I've said to you, I mean, I'm still so young at this. My hope is that in a few years, it really does nurture and grow these habits and virtues out of these little choices. Um, but right now, I'm still very much <laughs> in the thick of it. But um, but I will say that that I have seen growth in myself, um, in some habits in my home, and things that um, that I didn't have before. And so, like like having this having a morning routine has definitely been become more concrete in my life. Yeah. And anytime we create a habit in our life, you know, like I've, you've probably heard me talking, listening to the podcast, podcast talking about your tone of voice, right? And we get out of the habit and we're, you know, I'll, uh, times in my life where I think, uh, you know, I don't remember the last time I didn't speak to my kids in some irritated voice, right? And then I think, okay, how did I get this? How did I get here? You know, when was it? A week ago? Three days ago? Three weeks ago? I don't know. I don't remember, you know, and so I just have to develop this this, I have to change my tone of voice and be really intentional. But when something comes out of my mouth, what does it sound like? What I found is that those little tiny habits, you, they have the ripple effect, right? On other tiny habits. So the more you, or fasting, you know, the more you grow in a, a particular virtue, um, or a particular practice, the more it ripples out into other areas of your life. 
So, I mean, it absolutely does help. I, I wanted to, um, ask you about your community. You have on, on your website, you have a community, a Facebook community that you link to, right? Can you tell us a little bit about community, what you do there? Yeah. So it's still very much growing. So I I just launched my website. Um, I just relaunched it about a month ago. And so, um, yeah, or maybe two months ago now, but it was, um, it was, uh, yeah, two months ago. And so, um, so the, the community that I'm, I'm starting there is very new. Um, it's just called, uh, Holy Homemakings. And, uh, the idea is just to have a place where we can support and encourage each other, um, cause for me just, um, two years ago when I really started getting into, okay, I want to develop habits. I want to learn how, you know, to clean and these and that, those things. And I want to discover some good routines. And, um, I brought people along with me on Instagram. Right. For me, it was a great, I had a great resource where I could, I could just like ask a question <laughs> on Instagram and I get all this feedback. I get yeah. so much advice from people of, you know, ways that they do it. And I could find that the way that worked best for me. And that was so helpful, um, that I kind of wanted to bring that to more of a community so that people could ask each other and, and just have the resources, uh, yeah, of a community of women who have similar values and have, um, who really want to grow. Yeah. um, Yeah. Beautiful. It's a beautiful idea. And it's really cool because, um, like even somebody who say having a really bad day, like, you know what I mean? To be able to say, Hey, can you guys pray for me? And my household's fallen apart. And you know, what a, what a lovely knowing that, okay, this, this matters to me. And the fact that my household's falling apart is weighing on me and, you know, we yeah. just can lift yeah, them up. And so, pray. so like I said, it's still like, it's still in its beginning stages, but it's really beautiful. Um, if you join the Facebook group and you go and look at it, um, there's, there's really beautiful introductions, just even just getting to know women and reading their stories and what they desire for their home. It are that in and of itself just created this. Okay. We're not alone. Like I totally see you and I understand what you're experiencing and I'm praying for you. And so, um, so it's still, it's still in the beginning stages, but I really hope that it it can grow to, to be more. Yeah. Well, I would encourage all my listeners to, to go and check it out. It'll be lovely. And your Instagram as well. I wanted to share a little story with you and then I'll end off with a, um, a question for you. So, um, in 2013, we took our four youngest kids, our older kids were all off at college and whatnot and doing adult things, took our four youngest kids to Europe for the first time. And one of the things that I have a really wonderful, special relationship with Thomas Aquinas, and I really wanted to go to where he was born. There's this town, uh, Rocaseca, that where he was born, and the castle is called um, Castello de Aquino. So it was there. It's in ruins, right? So it's it's not a p- popular place. It's not people don't go there like it's not a pilgrimage place or anything like that. It actually is kind of like a like a regional park in Italy, and people go walk their dogs there and stuff like that. Which is kind of sad to me that uh, you know this place where this holy holy saint was was. Um, born but anyway it really mattered to me to go there so we had to kind of find our way there it was it was a bit tricky because it wasn't it's not a popular spot and so we walked it's like on the top of a castle on the top of a hill and from the castle you can see um you know like a 360 degree view uh in this little town in italy and so you can see vineyards and you can see olive groves and you can see um you know farms and you know the towns below and it's just this incredibly beautiful spot and 
as I was standing there, and I think the spot, I'm, I'm going to go check this while I still have you on here in case my listeners want to look at it. I think it's the picture that's on my Facebook page. Uh, it was where I was standing and I was looking out over this incredible view and St. Thomas spoke to me really clearly and he said, I grew up with this beauty and that's what affected me. That's what affected my theology. It affected everything, every aspect of my life. Your children have to grow up with beauty, right? And it was like this mind-blowing moment of thinking, you know, this great man, so close to God, beauty mattered so much, right? It mattered so much. And, and what a, what a wild, um, thing to think about, right? You know, but little, little bit of beauty, right? That's, you know, flowers in a vase on the table, a little bit of order in your life. You know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to live on a hilltop in Italy. <laughs> but fine. Yeah. Everything has beauty. Everything has beauty. So, um, I would, I just wanted to end off with this. So you've, you know, in my mind, I think, wow, you've really chosen such a beautiful time to start this journey because, you know, many of us don't come into it. I had four kids before I was even thinking I was, you know, really scrambling to try to figure out how to be an adult, <laughs> you know, and how to run a household, you know, in a very, very busy time of my life. And, you know, it's, you've chosen a really good time. And many of us are flying by the seat of our pants. I certainly was flying by the seat of my pants. Like, okay, how do I do this? Because whatever I'm doing is not working right now. So if you could give one sort of small bit of direction to, to my listeners, like where, where's a good place to start being gentle with yourself? Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I'm very, very first place to start. There was, I mean, there's, okay, I have a few answers. <laughs> I'm trying to. Start with them. Yeah, no, that's um, good. Let me think uh, which way I should go. I, I would say the very, uh, an easy place to start is to come up with a mission statement in your home. Ah, come up okay. With, yeah. Um, so for me, it was uh, choosing three words that I want my home to be. Right. And putting, taking that as, as your priority and seeing how those things then fit, um, how, how your, how your home fits into that. And so for me, you know, a word is um, simplicity. And um, there's, there's so much that we can learn from, like, the traditional simple way of doing things. So here's, here's a little, a mm-hmm. fun little example of something I did. I got rid of my coffee pot, my coffee maker, the automatic kind. Um, <laughs> and because right. though it's convenient, it's not beautiful. I, I, I would see it on my counter. I didn't think it was beautiful. The process of making coffee, right. I did it automatically. I got a pour over and I went back to this whole way of doing things, right? It's not the fast way. It's not the most convenient. You can't program it. <laughs> you can't program it. I hear you. Yeah, you can't program it to do it for you. But it was this way of me choosing. I want, I want beautiful simplicity in my home. And it was this way of, okay, I'm going to start by just having a pour-over cup of coffee. And I'm going to slowly pour that water. And the coffee's going to come down. And it's this simple contemplative act that starts my beautiful. day. Beautiful. And so it's this, um, yeah, so just making, you make intentional choices like that. So come up with those, those three words um, and, of, of, you know, they can be, can be 
you know, it can be beauty, it can be education, it can be Christ-centered, it can be order, it can be peace, it can be warmth. Just start with those three words and then find ways that you can bring that into the home. Yeah, if it's, okay. if it's you know, warmth or coziness, like if that's what you want your home to be. Um, think of the places that people commune and where they sit and, and how can you bring an element um, of, of welcome in there? You know, like, is that like putting, putting a flower on the table kind of thing? Um, is that like putting a blanket, you know, on, on a cozy chair, you know, when they come into the living room? And, and so just there's all these little, I mean, getting into nitty gritty, there's all these little things you can do, um, intentional choices you can make um, to, to create that environment. Um, do you keep those words somewhere obvious so that you're, they're on your mind all the time? Like that would help me, me you know, to have them visually I don't uh, present, right? <laughs> That's a yeah. great idea. Yeah. Even if you frame them, you know, whatever it was, cozy, tender, uh, Christ-centered, what, you know what I mean? Whatever it was. Yeah, that would be really cool to, for me, it would be, then I'd be thinking about it more obviously. Yeah. More yeah. intentionally. And yeah. it's fun to do it. It's fun to do it with your spouse as well, to sit I down bet. together and really talk about what are the things, yeah, what it, what, is, what do we want our home? When people come away from our home, what are the words that we want them, what are the words that we want them to describe mm-hmm. our home as? Yeah. You know? Yeah. How did it make them feel or whatever? Yeah. That's a beautiful idea. Yeah. Just boil it down to those three things. Cause then, cause I think if we try to do too much, that's the other thing is you see all these people doing so many amazing things yeah. on the internet, right? We see all these things and we start thinking, Oh, I should do that thing. I should yeah. do this thing. I should do that thing. And Why aren't I, I doing more? <laughs> yeah. The problem, that's not the problem, right? We don't need to add more. So it, it's really finding where it is that we are called to grow and, and, and focusing on that. And, um, and yeah, that, that'll look different for each person. So don't try to, to do what everyone's doing. Yeah. You know, the other aspect of the three words, I love this idea. Uh, the other aspect of three words is that like, I'm a ponderer and I often, you know, when I talk to you, talk about homeschooling planning or, or, um, you know, whatever I'm doing in my life, I, I, I think it's so important and so under, uh, valued, just taking time to ponder, ponder on those words before you make any changes, just ponder on the words. And then when you think, yeah, I really want to do something with that corner and just ponder about, you know, whatever the words you've chosen, how does that relate to that corner or that thing you'd like to do or that chair you just got at a garage sale or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Pondering matters. It really does. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Pondering really does. I mean, that's where any of this stuff, it, it you know, all of all the fruits mm-hmm. of, of our labor um, come from mm-hmm. intimate moments with with the Lord. Um, and you know, just going back to you know how we started this, you read that quote, you know, where I was saying mm-hmm. that all things can be these acts of worship, but worship it, it, it has to come from a heart oriented and and pondering mm-hmm. the lord you know in order for in order for washing the dishes to be worship um our heart has to be with the lord pondering yeah. the lord um and doing it doing it for him and and to serve him and so so that pondering piece is so it's just it's that intent going back it to is for sure we, just, we need to be in, intentional in, in what we're doing and and to take the time to to think about it and to be discerning and yeah pondering. 
And the Lord will speak to us. For sure. He really will. And he'll lead us. Yeah. And you know that, like, when you think about even relationships, you know, if your words are obviously going to, to some degree, reflect relationships in your home as well, really, it's, you know, relationship with God, with your kids. But if you are even, you know, if your three-year-old, you know, uh, is being naughty or whatever, so, you know, we tend to react, right? But that's even a po- moment of ponder, right? Hmm. You know, uh, okay, this, this thing I want in my life, tenderness or whatever my words are, you know, hmm, I wonder... I wonder uh, why they're acting that way. You know, just sort of like, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder why it's making me feel this way. <laughs> why are those dishes sitting there uh, making me agitated? You know? <laughs> you know, pondering how we feel, how they're reacting, how we're responding, all of those things, right? Just play hugely into, into really our mission. Even if we don't have it written down, all of us do have some sort of interior mission statement, right? It's just that, you really own it, I think, when you when you make it um, concrete, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. then you you just yeah. you have direction, and you're not going to try and do too much. Yeah. You're just going to to know what you're what you're called to do and what you're called to work on. Yeah, yeah. Allison, this has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Wow, you know, I just never know when I'm going to interview somebody. It's, I'm always just so. It pleasantly surprised by how the conversation unrolls and where people's thoughts go. And I just appreciate so much everything Thank you've shared you with so us. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. I'm so thankful that you've had me on here. Yeah. God bless. Have a wonderful day. Too.